Thank you, praise team. Thank you so much. Let's give them another hand. Great job. Man, great worship. I want to welcome you all. I want to say hello to those watching online. Thank you for joining us today. Look, it's been another crazy week. Seems like when it couldn't get crazier, it does. And, uh, you know, that might have some of you down and out and, and worried. I just want to encourage you. Um, hang in there. Hang in there. It's, it's going to get better. It will. Um, holidays are right around the corner. That's something positive to look forward to, isn't it? It'll be here before you know it. Um, got home. I went to Pound uh, yesterday to visit for a little bit and had a good time. When I got home and, you know, we were getting, you know, settling down, getting kids ready for bed and stuff like that, turn on the TV, Home Alone is already on. Like, and it was a marathon, you know, boom, 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 boom. And I saw this 25 days of Christmas, and I'm trying to do the math, and I'm thinking, wait, you know, what are they saying here? You know, it's not 25 days till Christmas, but, all right, so who already has a Christmas tree up? Raise your hand. Three... Two in the same household, maybe? No, maybe not. Okay, four. The rest of you are probably lying, maybe? I don't know. Um, some of you <laughs> may have had it, your tree up for a while. I know people like that. Like six months, they celebrate Christmas, you know. Um, you know, isn't it interesting, though, how something in the future that you know is coming is affecting what you do in the present? I want to pin that up there, and I want you to think about that thought for for a moment. Um, Remember the movie Back to the Future? I know most people in this service do. There might be a couple that don't. But so that movie is 35 years old, right? I I mean, if it makes me feel old, I know it makes some of y'all feel like, man, you know, really old. 35 years ago, one of the greatest movies you know, ever. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Marty McFly, right? You know, you mention that name to people now, especially the young ones, they're like, who? <laughs> you know, it's like they don't know, you know. Um, but Marty McFly time traveled in a DeLorean, right? Does it get any better than that? Uh, I remember growing up I, I, from Pound, and there was a guy who had a DeLorean, in pound, right? This was back when every little town had 10 to 20 coal executives. You know, coal was booming. And so every little area you went to, you know, you had these, you know, 10 to 20 guys who were just like big wigs in the coal business and they just were throwing money everywhere. And so this one guy bought a DeLorean and I was just like, oh, drooling over this car, you know, as, as a young boy. Um, but it's interesting. So Marty McFly um, time traveled in a DeLorean. He went to the past, and then, you know, he went to the future. But what's interesting is every time he came back to the present, he came back changed. He came back with an appreciation of what he he learned. Now, Daniel is a guy who time traveled, okay? And what made his time travel possible was not the flux capacitor. I know some of you all just like, what is that? But it was a vision from God. You know, it wasn't a car, a magical car or anything like that. It was a vision from God. Now, we're going to be finishing our Daniel series today, and I know those of you that are uh, up 
on your Bible and maybe you've been reading ahead, you're like, well, well wait a minute. I know there's like six more chapters left. <laughs> and we're finishing today. Well, let me explain something to you. Um, the first six chapters of Daniel are historical and they're given to us in narrative form. So it's, it's, it's telling us a story in an easy way for us to understand it, okay? The last six chapters, you know, starting in chapter 7, the whole thing completely changes drastically. It is all apocalyptic. Now, what that means is it's all prophetic, and as Daniel was given these visions, he is seeing visions of, of the future. God is giving him vision, visions of his future as well as, as well as ours. And so this has been, and, and look, these visions are wild, they're crazy, they're hard to understand, and so as a preacher, hey, that's, how do I convey that to you, right? So a lot of preachers will just kind of do the first six chapters and quit, okay? Or they'll continue on and they'll do this. They'll give their own interpretation of things. And look, that's just not me, okay? I am not a scholar. I'm not going to stand up here and act like I know something I don't. Um, at the same time, I also see the importance of talking about it. Because here's the thing, 90%, 90% of Daniel's visions have already happened. What does that tell us? That he's legit. Like he knows what he's, he, he knows what he's talking about. It's right. Okay. We, we can count on what he's saying. That also tells us that there's another 10% left. So wouldn't you think that we would need to at least glance at it and maybe learn what we can from it? That's my goal. That's my goal is to look at these last six chapters and take what we can absolutely know and what the things that are debated or the things that are confusing and the things that we don't really understand. Hey, God. To me, God doesn't want us to really understand those yet. You know, if it's not clear, we don't need to force the solution. But there are things that we can know about Daniel's vision and how it pertains to us. And look, based on, remember I told you to pin that thought? Based on that knowledge of the future, how does that affect our present? How does that affect today, knowing what's coming tomorrow? Follow me? So I want to share with you three rock-solid truths that we can uh, take from Daniel's visions. First thing, the first truth is earthly powers will rise and fall. Earthly pow powers will rise and fall. This has always happened. This is happening now, and this will continue to happen. Earthly powers, earthly kingdoms, nations, and leaders will come, and all of them will go. There'll be a cycle. There'll be a cycle. Now, I want you to stay with me, okay? Stay with me. I hope you had coffee already this morning. Lots of caffeine. Chapter 7, Daniel has his first of a series of visions, and it's a wild one. He has a vision about four beasts, four animals, a lion, a tiger, and a bear. Oh my. No, not really. But a lion, a bear, and a leopard. Yeah, it's kind of close, isn't it? A lion, a bear, and a leopard. And then a, a, a crazy looking beast that he doesn't name, but yet it has ten horns. All right, And all of these beasts go through series of rising to power and then falling. Rising to power and then falling. That's the cycle that we go through. All of these beasts were powerful, but they ended up not existing. 
So um, Daniel was confused about this, about this vision, like any of us would be. And instead of me standing up here and saying, well, this is my opinion, Daniel asked an angel what the meaning of the vision was. And so what we're going to do is just look at what the angel said, right? That makes it easy for us because we don't have to guess. Verse 16 of chapter 7. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the meaning of all this. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel, for doing that. That way we can know. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are possibly, no, 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 they are four kings that will rise from the earth. So look, this isn't sci-fi stuff. This is History Channel stuff. Uh, just like the the statue. Remember Nebuchadnezzar had this dream of, of this statue, and it had four different layers to it made out of four different elements. And, and Daniel said, look, these are the kingdoms. Just like that. These are symbolic. These animals, these beasts are symbolic of earthly kingdoms. And look, it makes sense. It's not too far-fetched. If I were to ask you what animal represents the United States, what would you say? Eagle? The eagle? Uh, what represents Russia? The bear? Um, what represents Australia? Kangaroo. <laughs> so fierce, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> actually, if you met one, you, you, they are kind of fierce. But you, you see what I'm saying? All these nations and leaders and kingdoms are represented by, by animals. And so it's really not far, you know, we're sort of doing the same thing. Um, so that's the vision in chapter 7. These nations and leaders will come and they will go. And we get into chapter 8, which is another vision, and Daniel sees two more animals, okay? He sees a, a ram and a goat. So it's starting to sound like a Joe Exotic Zoo here. <laughs> I mean, just all, all these different animals. But the ram came on the scene and was so powerful. The ram conquered all the world and was very powerful but all of a sudden and the way daniel daniel explains this is kind of like on the on the horizon there comes a goat and and this goat has one long horn in between its eyes so it's like a, a unicorn goat crazy right follow me but the goat comes in all of a sudden and and conquers the ram conquers the known world very swiftly very very quickly but at, at the end, or at the rise of the goat's power, that long horn is snapped off. It's broken off, right? It doesn't just kind of shrivel and, and die up, but it's, it's snapped and it's broken off immediately. What in the world's all that about, right? And th thankfully, Daniel asked the angel that too. So I don't have to, like, tell you some kind of wild story. We can, we can just look at what the angel said. Verse, chapter 8, verse 20. The two-horned ram that you saw possibly could be no it it represents the kings of media and persia the shaggy goat is is the king of greece and the large horn between its eyes is the first king i know that's wild but just stay with me stay with me now was this angel um did he leave any room for doubt here? Right? Now, he was pretty specific. 
he was very detailed in in his answer he says the shaggy goat is the king of greece and the horn is its first king now who is the first king of greece who was the first king of greece alexander the great we know that that's you see what i'm saying this isn't sci-fi this is history channel the first king of greece is alexander the great and if you do a little bit of research on him you will quickly find out that he is probably the world's greatest ever to this day king leader ruler military strategist you name it he he did all this he conquered the world very very quickly but then you know remember back to the vision of the the goat with the horn the horn was snapped off all of a sudden did you know that Alexander the Great died suddenly at the age of 33. In the height of his power and, and prominence, he died. You don't know where he died? Babylon. You don't know where he at in Babylon? In the palace of Nebuchadnezzar. Hundreds of years before historic fact figure alexander the great died rose to power and died daniel had a vision about it you know wow um, daniel also said this that after the large horn was broken off in other words after alexander the great uh, fell and died that four small horns would rise up in his place okay now again strange but follow me. And Daniel's probably like, what is that? Thankfully, the angel explains that too. Daniel 8.22. The four horns that replaced the one that was broken off represent four kingdoms that will emerge from his nation but will not have the same power. All right? Now, here's where I get excited um, about this, about God's word, is Alexander, he, was so, he thought so much of himself. He was so cocky, he was so arrogant that he didn't plan a succession. He didn't have a plan in place. Didn't have any children. So when he died suddenly, everybody's like, what do we do with the kingdom? What do we do with this powerful, amazing nation of Greece? Well, you know what they did? Decided to give power over to Alexander's four, four generals. Four generals. Um, Ptolemy took over the area of Egypt. Seleucus took over the area of Palestine. Lysimachus took over the area of Turkey. And Antipater took over the area of Macedonia, which is modern-day Greece. That tells you the, how big this area is. And look, I don't give you those names to try to impress you. I probably mispronounced them. I wanted to give you the names because that really happened. Like, that's history. This really happened. Alexander the Great rose, and he fell, and four kings rose up in his place. Wow. Um, God's word is so accurate. It is, it, it's so true. There's not an error in it. Man, and what it says will happen. 
right? God is, the whole theme of this series is that, look, God is in control. God is sovereign. Back in chapter 2, we looked at this section of Scripture. I love these two verses. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes the kings and raises up kings. He does that. God does that. You look, we might vote for people, but God puts leaders in their place. God does that. You know, this should bring us assurance in knowing that no matter who's in power here, God is in control up there. Right? He's over the affairs of this world. He is sovereign over kings and kingdoms. So based upon that knowledge of the future, that this is going to continue to happen, what do we do in the present? Well, remain faithful. Look, look, we've got to remain faithful to the Lord. Um, leaders will come and leaders will go, but the Lord is here to stay. He's here to stay. We need to make sure that we keep the faith and stay faithful. Um, I, I love this verse in, in chapter 8, verse 27. It really shows us the humanity of, of Daniel, his humanness. After he got all these visions, he he said, I, Daniel, was wore out. I was worn out. I lay exhausted for several, several days. Then I got up, and I went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. Well, did you see what Daniel said there? Let me, let me ask you this. Does any, any of you feel exhausted today? M worn out, maybe mentally, emotionally? Maybe even physically, you're just spent. You're exhausted. You're, you're thinking about what the future holds, and it's just you're weary, right? It's this weight, this baggage that you're just kind of holding, overcome with worry. You know, I, I, I know people that are obsessed. Look, it, that's the only word I know how to describe it. They are obsessed with thinking that this country is headed in the wrong direction. And it's like all they think about. And it's doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Like Daniel, look, that might be you, and that's, that's okay. But listen, like Daniel, make sure that you're about the king's business. Make sure that you are about the king's business. Look, earthly powers will rise and fall but God wants us to be faithful through it all, through all of it. And we can't let our fears of tomorrow keep us from being faithful today. You know, we can't, we can't do that. God wants us to be faithful no matter what we go through or who's in charge. Second thing that we can absolutely take away from these visions in Daniel is this. Our evil powers will deceive and destroy. Evil powers will deceive and destroy. Look, evil has been around a very long time. And it was around when Daniel was around, and evil will be around uh, in our time, and it will continue on until, until the Lord says enough. Until the Lord says enough. In the vision of chapter 8, so the horn on the goat is Alexander, and remember the four horns that came up were his generals in those uh, empires. Out of the four horns grew a small horn that became very powerful. Daniel saw that. Now, I want to mention to you 
a guy by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. All right? Now, almost 100% of Jewish and Greek, no matter what, all, almost 100% of all scholars agree that this uh, small horn is Antiochus Epiphanes. All right? Um, what's interesting is, so one of the four generals that took Alexander's place, his name was Seleucus. Antiochus Epiphanes came from Seleucus's line. Just a couple of generations. You know who else came from his line? Herod the Great tried to kill Jesus when he was born. So Antiochus Epiphanes came from the Seleucid Empire. And his name, which isn't his real name, but it's a name he gave to himself, his name means God manifest. Now, anybody willing to call themselves that? <laughs> this guy was. This guy was. He, he acted like God. Now, uh, look with me at Daniel 8, 23. This is the part of that vision. In the latter part of their reign, whose reign? Well, the four, right, the four horns, the four uh, empires of Greece. In the, in the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, a fierce-looking king, a master of intrigue, will arise. He will become very strong but not by his own power. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper, and he will consider himself superior. Pay attention to this. When they feel secure, he will destroy many and take his stand against the prince of princes. Now, Antiochus, man, he was an evil wicked ruler he was you know we talked about how bad nebuchadnezzar was antiochus makes nebuchadnezzar look like a cupcake i mean he really does you know nebuchadnezzar at least when he went in and conquered at least he spared life and you know thousands of of god's people were taken into captivity but at least they were kept alive right he took prisoners in other words not antiochus he killed he eliminated he annihilated. He wanted to wipe uh, God's people completely out, all right? So he went into the temple of God in Jerusalem, and he desecrated it. And he, he set up a shrine inside of God's temple, a shrine to worship other gods. He sacrificed a pig on God's altar. He outlawed the Torah, which is the Jewish Bible. That's the, their Bible they had, first five books. They had That was their Bible. He outlawed it, burned all the copies that he could find. If you were in possession of the Torah, you were killed. He outlawed sacrifices. He outlawed prayer. He outlawed circumcision, which was just a huge, huge deal to Jewish men. He outlawed all that. He, this guy was at war with God's people. All right. Now, Antiochus came and Antiochus went. What does that mean for us? Well, for us, there is an Antiochus-like figure that will come. Okay. And Daniel 7 points to a future evil leader who will come a person will rise up and a person will be 
very powerful and a, and a person will be very influential and this person will seem to have the answer to all of our problems. And look, man, with everything that's going on, somebody that simply has a solution to one of our problems, we like go gaga for. It's not that far-fetched to think about somebody coming forward and say, look, I got the answer. I've got this. And, and, and so many people will end up following this guy. But ultimately, he will lead a rebellion against the kingdom of God. He will be a puppet of Satan. And like, just like Antiochus was, he will de- deceive and he will destroy. You know, and I'm talking about the Antichrist here. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go into too many details about him because Daniel does not. All right, but you can read all about him in 2 Thessalonians and Revelation 13. Um, talks about the Antichrist uh, in, in greater detail. But my point is, is that for our future, evil powers will come and they will seek to deceive and destroy. Look at 1 Timothy 4.1. The spirit, that is the third part of our triune God. In other words, this is God. The spirit clearly There's no doubt in this. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. (laughs) So the Spirit is saying many people of faith will end up being deceived. They will will abandon the faith. And look, i just got to be honest with you. I've seen this already. Without a big leader coming in to deceive. I've already seen it. There will come a point where people will stop following Jesus and they'll follow evil. They'll follow evil. And then you might say, no, not me. Not me. I'm I'm good. If if you're thinking that, look, I got to tell you, you're already deceived. You might say, no, 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 no. The way I understand it is once you become a Christian, this bubble goes like you're in a bubble. And nothing can hurt, like nothing can get to you. You're deceived. You're deceived. Look at, look at what Jesus says, okay? Matthew 24, 24. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Who is that? The church. That, that's Christians. And if it wasn't possible, why would the enemy try to do it? You, you see, it's possible that Christians, you, me, we can be deceived. And, and the point I'm trying to make is, look, sin doesn't always look like a snake or a dragon or something that you know to stay away from. Right? Sin looks good. The enemy knows what we what we like. The enemy knows what pleases us. The enemy knows what attracts us. Man, I bet that apple looked pretty good, didn't it? I mean, think about it. Think if it was cauliflower or broccoli. <laughs> no, I been like no. It's all right. But I bet that apple looked pretty good. 
and what what the enemy said sounded pretty good. I mean, this is what you want. This will be good for you. This won't hurt you if you do this. Sounds good, don't it? So it's not too far-fetched that we would be deceived. In the future. Wow. And Jesus said, I told you this ahead of time so you'll know. You know, the, the truth is the serpent in Genesis is the dragon of Revelation. It's the same guy. Same enemy. Same tactics with the same goal. To deceive and destroy. So what do we need to do? Well, we need to be watchful. We need to be watchful. We need to be on the lookout. You know, there's a lot of deer out at night. I know you all have noticed that. Um, it's been crazy this year for some reason. I don't know what it is. It's like when I get on the road at night, it's like the deer want to have a party. And they just everybody wants to come out and congregate. And so what am I doing? I've got my high beams on, and I'm looking about a half mile down the road, and I'm 10 and 2, and I'm ready, and I'm watching. You know, so... For us, based on knowing this, we need to be 10 and 2, right? Not preoccupied with this over here, that over there, doing this. Or We need to be watchful at what is coming in, in the future. Um, look at Matthew 24.4. I love Jesus' simple uh, teaching on this. Watch out. Watch out that no one deceives you. Look out. Watch out. Be be watchful. And who is he talking to here? His disciples. He's telling them to watch out. Look, the enemy would love to take as many Christians out of the battle as possible. And Jesus said that would be the enemy's goal. And look, he told us that ahead of time. Jesus said, I'm telling you that ahead of time. Not just so we would know, but so we would be watchful. So that we would pay attention to things going on all around us. Look, we need to be faithful to the Lord, but we need to be watchful for the enemy. We do. It's so much, and look, just a word of advice here. It's so much easier to be watchful when you're faithful. You follow me? It's easier to be watchful when you're already faithful, when you're already disciplined and being obedient and staying in God's word and praying and making church our priority and doing the things that God's called you to do. It's easier to be watchful when you're like that than when you're loose everywhere else. You'll, you'll have better discernment, right? You'll, you'll, you'll know. You'll know when the, 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 the bells will go off, right? You'll, you'll see warning signs here and there. You'll have better discernment if you're faithful. So we need to be watchful. Now, you might be thinking that, man, I don't know about this future thing. <laughs> I don't know if I want any part of it. You know, it sounds all kind of bad. Well, thankfully, it's not. And I want to end on this here. Um, this really is the best part of Daniel's visions. Um, the best part about Daniel's prediction in the future is this. Heavenly power will come and reign. Heavenly power will come and reign. You know, God will not allow evil to go on indefinitely. He won't. He won't. Um, the enemy will one day be defeated forever. Now, back to Antiochus. Um, that guy was evil. Um, but he, he came to an end. His rule, his evil came to an end. Daniel eight twenty five. This is going back to him 
So this guy will rise up, he will deceive, and he will destroy, and he will be wicked, but yet he will be destroyed, you see, but not by human hands. Um, Antiochus was evil, very evil, but it was short-lived. And here's how he, how he died. He was struck with an incurable intestinal disease. All right. And it was so bad that he stunk on the outside. Big time. All of us have that friend from <laughs> elementary school that was like that, right? They just, when they went, the room cleared out. You know what I'm talking about. But this guy was like that. He got this disease and he started uh, to smell on the outside. He started to actually rot from the inside out. And one day he was riding a chariot, fell off the chariot, and broke almost every bone in his body. Now, you break a bone in that time, it's a big deal. You break almost every bone in your body, it's a death sentence. But he still lived. But as he lay trying to recover and recuperate from all this stuff he was being eaten alive by worms from the inside out and that's how he died you know this great king powerful king evil king wouldn't be killed on the battlefield <laughs> he would be taken out by god supernaturally this that really really happened now where, where does that leave us with the antichrist the person that will come in our future well, he will share a similar fate. Look at verse 26 of chapter 7. But the court, like what court? Like, okay, the supreme court, the court of God, the court will sit and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Elsewhere in chapter 7, it says that this beast, the Antichrist, will be thrown into a lake of fire and destroyed completely. So look, God will one day eradicate evil. And not just for a season, not just for one term or two terms, but for eternity. And and, and one day, not only will the kingdom uh, of evil be wiped out, but the good kingdom will be here to stay. Right? We're like four more years. No, how about forever? Forever. It will be here to stay. Think about that. No more turnover. No more turnover in leadership and power and and all that nonsense, confusion, frustration. It'll be that way forever and ever. Daniel seven twenty seven. The sovereignty, power, and greatness of all, all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. Look, folks, one day the true king will come, the Lord's kingdom will one day be a reality to us and the citizens of heaven. You and me, Christians, will get to enjoy ex and experience peace and joy of this kingdom forever and ever. You know, one day, I'm not talking about in two months, but one day there's going to be a great inauguration day. The best one, the best inauguration day we've ever had great one the true king will will take his throne he will assume his power and control over the world and you know what he will he will do with the kingdom hand it over 
to the elect. Wow, that's, a, that's an inauguration day that we can look forward to, amen? And so what do we need to do knowing that that is coming? Like decorate a tree? What do we need to do knowing that that great time is coming? I want to encourage you this morning to stay hopeful. Look, just stay hopeful. Have hope. Carry on with hope. It's easy to get down and depressed. It's easy to worry about what the future holds. And it can just consume you. It can destroy your quality of life. And it can destroy your life for the Lord. Don't lose hope. You you stay hopeful. Daniel was spot on. It will happen. It will come. I love the way Daniel ends in chapter 12. Daniel's had all these visions. And remember, this guy, all of it's in his future. He didn't understand any of it. We're looking back on how right he was. So he's confused. He's frustrated. And look how this ends, Daniel 12, 13. I love the way this angel is sent by God to sort of minister to Daniel in his time of confusion and frustration. And the uh, the angel says this to Daniel. Daniel, as for you, Go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Wow, isn't that good? Go your way to the end. In other words, I know you feel like quitting. Don't give up. I know you're frustrated. Keep going. I know you're depressed. Well, get up. Hang on. One day, one day you'll rest. One day, you'll experience love and peace and joy like you've never experienced before. One day, you'll understand everything that you are confused about now. One day, you'll experience peace and joy like you've never experienced before in this world. One day. But for now, you go your way to the end. You don't, you don't give up. You, you, you keep going. So, in closing, now that we know that, how does that affect us? I want to encourage you to stay faithful. Be watchful but also remain hopeful because the best, really, the best is yet to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I so thank you for this series in Daniel. It really has been a godsend, not only for our church, but for me personally. And each and every week when I even feel like just what's going on or I feel like giving up or you have uh, ministered to me in supernatural ways. And so, Father, I'm thankful that we have learned exactly what we need to know through your word that you've given to us. I pray that we would heed the instructions and the truths that we have already talked about. For today, I'm thankful that we are able to learn some things from these visions that you gave Daniel because you gave them to Daniel for him, but also for us as well. 
So, Father, may we look at those things and may we we see those things with clarity and with certainty uh, that you want us to see. And the things that are confusing, we just simply just lay to the side and, and hope and trust that you will reveal those to us when you want to. Father, help us to stay faithful that leaders are going to come and leaders are going to go, but you remain and you've called us to be faithful to you. Father, help us to be watchful and to realize that, hey, even us, even we can be deceived. Even we can fall. Father, help us to stay in your word. Help us to stay connected to you through prayer. Help us to be uh, obedient to what you've called us to do and to know and realize what's going on around us. Father, finally, help us to be hopeful. I know just we get down sometimes, and sometimes we just lose hope about what the future holds. Help us to keep our eyes on you and what you have for us because it's good. You are a good God. We thank you so much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.